Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello for the final time this season and welcome to the Premier League preview show for Game Week 38. The 17-18 campaign draws to a close this week. I'm Tom Rennie and coming up on the show today we will reflect on all the top stories of the last few days including West Bromwich Albion down, Stoke City down and Swansea sure to join them on the final day. But you never know, the 9-0 win might happen. Never bet against Manchester City. They're the champions. United and Spurs join them in the Champions League. But there is still hope for Chelsea, depending on their result and Liverpool's on the final day. So there's something to talk about, and that's what we're going to do. It's the Premier League preview show for the last weekend of the season. So here's your fixtures on that final day. Uh, Burnley take on Bournemouth, West Bromwich Albion. Go to Crystal Palace. It's Huddersfield against Arsenal. Liverpool take on Brighton. That's our international feature match. Uh, Manchester United take on Watford. Chelsea go to Newcastle. Southampton, Manchester City. Swansea, Stoke. Tottenham, Leicester. And West Ham United against Everton. Moyes versus Allardyce. What a mouth-watering prospect that is. Uh, alongside me, as ever, is TalkSport's football editor, the hardest-working man in showbiz. It is Mr David Walker. How are you, <laughs> mate? You all right? I'm, I'm very good. I have been working hard, actually. Yeah, well, for yeah, once. The, the World Cup basically relies on you, Busy mate. Time Without you, the, the World Cup's going to fall apart. It's all the playoffs. Yeah, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Chock a block. But I want to pick you up on something that you said in your intro. Get it done. We don't need a 9-0 win from Man City. Well, uh, yeah, then there'd be a 0-0 and there'd be a 1-0 win the other side, right? Yeah, so a 9-0 and a 1-0. Yeah, but City could... Well, it's not enough time in the entire intro for yeah, the intricacies. City could conceivably win... So a 5-0 win... and, a, and a 5-0, right? Yeah, that's City that could win 6-0. So, so explain... That is, it's, that's it's... realistic. I mean, Stoke lost 7-0 to City, right, earlier in the season? Uh, 7-2, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, when yeah. They, they conceded 7. So that'd be 5 Against against City with the same management team in charge. So you're, you're but you that, think Swansea are going to make it? Well, I don't, saying, I don't think they're going to. But I think it there might be a moment or two on on Sunday where we at least think mm. it might be on the way. Mm. And I, I bet you there will be a lot of Stoke fans who'd be quite happy for their team to get absolutely hammered by Swansea on Sunday if it means Mark Hughes goes down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a great tweet in this week uh, from. Um, from James Longman, who basically said that um, it'd be fantastic if um, so Stoke had gone down. It's a shame that Swansea didn't have him gone down because it would have been good if Mark Hughes then quickly quit that job and took the West Brom job so he could take all three of them down simultaneously. <laughs> That'd have been nice to see. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that midweek. Uh, so first of all, Swansea-Southampton. I was doing that game on Tuesday and it was just the same old failings from Swansea. It was pitiful from yeah. Swansea. Yeah. I was so disappointed in them. I know that we shouldn't necessarily have expected anything more from them given their problems they've had this season. Mm. But once Southampton scored, they had, what, 20 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes to... Bang it up to Tammy to, and hope to, for the best. Well, I mean, that's what they did, really. Uh, but they they usually, in that circumstance, 
there's always at least one chance, mm. whether it be in the 96th minute or whatever it is. Usually, at some point, the ball will fall to one of your players in the box and you have a chance to score a goal. And Swansea, at no point did they have that chance. Maybe mm. Tammy Abraham, when he brought that ball down, maybe that was the only, that, was that was the closest they got. Chance, really. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, I was so they just couldn't muster a response. You know the issue for me, and I know a lot of our Ghanaian listeners uh, always pick me up on this, but I think they're summed up by Andre Ayew. I really do because when there's a lost cause or when he needs to look like he's working he will start sprinting or he dives into a challenge or he makes a big show of the effort that he's putting in. But when it comes to your vital moments, he's got the ball in the penalty area, he's got to make the right intelligent run. It isn't quite there. He makes a big show of the amount of effort he's putting in, but it's not the right sort of effort. Uh, and I think that's spread right through the team. I think they're embodied by that player. I think his brother is a very sort, sort of similar sort of player. Sam Klugas is a very similar sort of thing. He looks like he's doing a lot. But actually, in reality, on the balance of game, nothing is happening. And that's been a big problem for them, I think. Absolutely. And, and, and many people have said this, but I think it is true. They've completely lost their identity mm. and, their, and their direction and their focus. And even... In this, in, in the microcosm of this season, of course, across the bigger picture over a number of years, they have lost their way. But this season, when Carvajal came in, there was a bit of an upsurge. They looked like they were playing better football. They were a bit more focused. They had a bit more of an idea what they're going to do. But at some point along the way, mm. you've seen more of them than I have in, in this last few months. But mm. at some point, they've just become a long ball team. Yeah, I think um, they tried to build the team around Jordan Ayew because he is a skillful little player. Uh, and to get it to him quickly, what they tried to do is play it long. I mean, Andre O is basically playing target man alongside him before Tammy that's comes on. His, that's not his that's game, necessarily, is it really? I'm not sure yeah. what his game is, to be fair. But yeah. the plan is to get it to Jordan Ayo, and they have done that well, which they did against Bournemouth. He doesn't have the composure to take the chance. There's so much lacking there at Swansea. The recruitment's been very, very poor. And that includes the manager as well. And we got it uh, all but confirmed when we record the show on Thursday uh, that Carlos Carvalhiel will leave the club uh, after the game this weekend. What if uh, they stay up? Uh, well, they're not going to stay out there. I mean, I, I know you want that storyline. We all want that story, but, but, but sadly, I, I just don't just see seems, it. You know, there's see, no way. Why, why don't they just wait three or four days and then do it on Sunday night? Uh, there's no way they stay up. And I'm gonna, it's a shame because I really would have loved those uh, patties donata, the custard cakes that he's so famous for. Because if they'd have stayed up, what a custard party it would have been. But sadly, it, it's all off now. But look, you're going to hire a championship manager. You're going to end up with a championship team, aren't you? And if you hire one at the top end of the table, yeah. you hire one that, you know, you brought on... Uh, you know, Nuno Espirito Santo or, or one of the guys that's been at the top of the table, maybe someone like Neil Harris at Millwall, that kind of manager, off the back of a good season. I can see it. In my mind's eye, I can think, yeah, I can, I can see why they've gone for that sort of manager. To go for someone who failed uh, at Sheffield Wednesday, and he got him in the playoff sure a couple of years ago, but by the time he'd left, they were begging for him to go. There's people at Hillsborough banners up saying, Carlos out. And then, what was it, half an hour later, he gets the job at Swansea, gets a promotion. Uh, utterly bizarre. I mean... It's a similar sort of thing with Mark Hughes, isn't it? In the sense that, I mean, I was going through uh, some of their transfer business, and this is something we're going to do with Matthew Edinson a bit later in the programme, former Stoke man, of course. Some of the players that they've brought in that are during that Mark Hughes era and the waste of all that sort of money. Well, he, and he, he got the Southampton job, which is a promotion, isn't it? A, a, a bigger club with a bigger budget yeah, and a higher yeah, profile. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 somehow, he seems to have got a better job out of it. Yeah, but all of it just smacks of nearly all of the clubs in the Premier League beneath the top. Six, five or six. Mm. You might want to take Arsenal out of that. They don't really know what they're doing when it comes to appointing managers. Well, how do they know what they're doing? Well, exactly. It remains to be seen who they go for. But, uh, I mean, when, when there have been so many clubs that have just gone through 
the card with the managers. Yeah. The same old names. And there's, you know, or you, you have a club like Swansea, you just pick different types of managers every time for the last four or five, all yeah. different styles. And you do really do need what they used to have, and that was a plan. A style. A, yeah. s- a plan. But there are so many teams that Someone lack that. comes in and fits the system. You're absolutely right. And there will be a lot to moan about from this season because I think this entire season has been a wasted opportunity for a lot of teams. But I was thinking about some names and I thought Southampton, West Ham, Leicester, Chelsea, Newcastle, Everton and Stoke. Um, minimum, might be some others. Uh, and you mentioned Arsenal there. That's basically after the Premier League. They don't know who the manager's going to be next season, what the style of play is going to be next season. Chuck I don't Watford imagine. Chuck Watford into that as well, I Watford, think. absolutely. Yep. There's, no, there's no definitive that Javi Gattia is going to be in the league next season, uh, certainly with Watford, but he might well get another job. Um, and yep. it's just, you know, you, you look at Rafa Benitez, he could pitch up at West Ham. Then you look at David Moyes, could easily pitch up at Leicester. Claude Puel could easily turn up back at Southampton. You know, they, it, it could easily happen with these guys. And like, oh, let's try that one again. Let's try that one again. At some point, there's got to be a, you've got three or four years to try and do something because this doesn't work yeah. and is not working. We know it's not working because they keep sacking them. Uh, I'll tell you, you might not be working anymore. Uh, the manager of the Marriott Hotel. Uh, in uh, Swansea. Uh, incredible story, this. Now, I'm sure everyone's seen this this week, but I just love this story so much and just how petty Southampton were about it. I stayed at the Marriott it. in Cardiff recently. Right, you look a bit ill. And that was that. I, was, I had a lovely time. <laughs> I'm sure the Marriott chain of hotels uh, have varying degrees Worth of quality. every single one of its three and a half, maybe four, three well, and a half one, stars. The I think. one in Swansea had a four-star rating four star. before right. the Southampton fans turned up on TripAdvisor in force. Uh, and those that missed this this week, uh, Southampton officially gave a review uh, to the Marriott Hotel that cancelled their 40-room reservation what, the night before or two nights before, uh, finishing on... Um, fortunately, the experience didn't sour our trip. Business meeting was extremely productive. Not planning to return anytime soon. Oh, um, aren't they funny, eh? Ha 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 ha! You got relegated, your mugs. Ha ha ha! This is just—I mean, it's funny. I'd love them to, but go it's down. utterly classless, isn't it? I'd love them to go down on Sunday. Yeah. Bye. Sorry, Southampton fans, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really mainly for this. Mainly for this. And then, and they kept going on about it. And then Mark Hughes said after after the game. When it's all said and done, Ugh. it's one of the worst hotels I've stayed in. I mean, it was it was frustrating. It's a frustrating story. Uh, elsewhere this week, um, there's a few Stoke players and the, indeed the chairman that have come out talking about their relegation. Uh, and just briefly, I wanted to say that, that Charlie Adam coming out on uh, on the radio and basically saying that um, you know he's really sad that the tea lady's going to lose work and there's people that are going to be redundant for it. And I was just thinking, yeah, but you're three stone overweight, mate. So surely well, at this point of season. Uh, it's about keeping it quiet. Could the Peter Coach statement not have waited two weeks? Could the the um, the keeper Butler, what he said, could that not have waited a couple of weeks? Right um, now is the well, time uh, for being quiet, I isn't it? I'm not sure about that. They, Jack Butler was asked was asked questions in in post match interviews. Now is not the time and, and to was, answer and that. He, and he was honest, and I think I think fans will appreciate his mm. honesty. I think that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear someone come out and chuck out the same old platitudes mm. when they've just been relegated. And I think Jack Butler at least it showed he was obviously distraught. Yep, he was he in was. tears at that relegation and it obviously means a lot to him. Charlie Adam, I know what you're saying, but if I listened to the whole interview and he, yep. he did take responsibility yeah, for, for, yeah, for his own yeah, failings, missing penalties and mm. a few other key moments. But what they were both agreement in agreement on, Butland and Adam, was that too many players in that Stoke City squad haven't been good enough, mm. haven't been committed enough, and, and indeed should never have been bought in the first place. Yeah. And the recruitment has not been good enough. Yeah, we'll talk about that with Matty Everidge a little bit later, but I mean, Paul Lambert still might get the job within the championship. I find that bizarre. Uh, Darren Moore still not appointed the West Bromwich Albion manager. I thought when the relegation got confirmed, 
that they would maybe announce it the next day that he got the job because they need a little bit of good news. But then now I'm thinking about it more, and having said that about Charlie Adam, maybe there is a need for a period of reflection. I still think if he wants the job, he should get it, but whether they should be doing it right now on the crest of a good form well, wave. It, I, you, would look, you look at it and think he's done so well. Manager of the month, unfortunately, got relegated on the same day. Mm. He's, he's, been, he's, done, he's been a class act, hasn't he? This, he yeah, the know, picture in, with in, all the staff yeah, as well. Star, Fantastic. Difficult situation he was dropped into. However, on the flip side, probably there wasn't any real pressure on him. Mm. And he outperformed all expectations. He's done brilliantly. So he would certainly deserve a shot at the job next season. If but, he wants it. But that's the thing. From his point of view, you might just have a step back and think, you know what? We're going down in, from the Premier League into the Championship. There's going to be a lot of turbulence with the squad, the wage bill, the finances. Everything's going to be uncertain. Mm. I'm not an experienced manager. If he wants to be a manager one day in the near future or, or a bit bit beyond maybe it would be a good idea for him to remain at the club and be the assistant or mm. first team coach and get someone really experienced in who who has been in the championship before one promotion or something and learn for a season I don't know maybe he want to just go for it maybe this is my time I want to keep the momentum going and next season he can hit the ground running and he might this might be the start of a glorious managerial career but mm. you, you you wouldn't it, it could be so easily the other way around that in November they're maybe struggling they're in 12th or they're a few points outside the playoffs and the board get itchy mm. fingers and they pull the trigger and then Darren Moore no all job. of a sudden is on the scrap heap yeah. it's, t- it's a tough it's a tricky decision um, two other quick stories I wanted to get your view on before we go into the games this weekend uh, number one what a glorious victory for Tottenham uh, in midweek because they are now for the first time since 1995 the holders of the Golden Oyster card for the London Cup that's good news isn't it the highest base London team in the Premier League for over 20 years that's a thing now apparently is that something to celebrate well it's got to take your small victories when you can, I suppose. I mean, it just it just smacks of... It, I mean, when this started coming if out, I think people were joking it, you'd be, about you'd it. You'd be crowing all over uh, the shop. No, I wouldn't. People always say, tell me how I feel. Uh, if West Ham were anything, I'd be more than crowing. I would be nakedly running around the streets screaming the name of David Moyes, uh, which is what I do anyway, but in a very different manner. Uh, so, but yeah, they made the Champions League because Chelsea blew it. Uh, but it's another conversation God. now where Pochettino has said about to say... Chelsea? We're going to talk about Chelsea later? Yeah, I mean, of course we are, yeah. I mean, what was that about in midweek? I was furious with them last night. Why on earth... Furious. Why on earth they basically... Have, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, four straight wins. Best run since November, where they also won four straight oh, games. Oh, I'll tell you what, let's drop they our best player. change the team. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's change the striker who's made us better. Let's get rid of the, the only world-class player we've got. Let's change the midfield setup. They had to change the keeper, fine, injury, but... Why change everything? Why not get to the Newcastle game yeah. and rest them for the Cup? It felt like pure sabotage to me. Uh, listen, we've got loads of stuff to get through. We're going to talk to Matt Everington, you and Roberts on the programme and reflect on what's been uh, a season. Let's put it that way uh, in the Premier League. Stay with us. It's the Premier League preview show for the final weekend of the season. Uh, to be fair, not a great deal to play for after Chelsea couldn't beat Huddersfield Town in midweek. Tottenham Hotspur will be in the Champions League in the next campaign. It would take a swing uh, of Chelsea winning their game and Liverpool being beaten by Brighton for the Blues to sneak into that final Champions League place. 
What a win for Tottenham in midweek against Newcastle. Lots of pressure on them. A bad run of form. They picked up a vital victory when who else? Harry Kane scored the winning goal for them. We are joined on the preview show to talk about what has happened at the top of the table in the last few days by our former Premier League winger, once of Spurs, also Stoke and West Ham too. Matthew Etherington joins us. How are you, mate? You all right? Very good, thank you. Uh, listen, Tottenham Hotspur in recent weeks uh, have had a, a bumpy old ride, haven't they? The, the mm. loss against West Bromwich Albion put them under a lot of pressure against Newcastle United on Wednesday night. And Harry Kane, he might not be as fit as they would like him to be, certainly not as fit as England would like him to be, but he still comes up with the goods when it matters. Exactly, he scores important goals and that's how vital, vital he is sorry, to, the, to the football club and that was a huge win. Um, on Wednesday night against Newcastle, especially with Chelsea's result, also so it's a it's a cements their place in the top four Champions League football again next season. And can they go that little bit further? Can they get that trophy that I think every mm. Tottenham fan is yearning for? Well, let's talk about the summer for Tottenham because it's going to be a fascinating period for them. Firstly, it's keeping hold of their better players. Uh, We're expecting Danny Rose to leave the club. There's talk about Mm. Dembele. All the the virals been going on for a long time, and we'd expect him to leave. Are we then expecting that to be reinvested in the starting eleven? Would you imagine there'd be a couple of £50 million players? Will there be someone to play when Harry Kane is not there? <laughs> well, they, they keep trying, don't they, in the centre-forward But they position. brought in a, what, a 34-year-old yeah, bloke. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, you'd like to think so, albeit we all know Daniel Levy, you know, the, the purse strings are pretty tight at that football mm. club, and they have been for some time, and that's why Pochettino has done a, a decent job there. Um, but if the likes of those players you just mentioned, Danny Rose, Oliveira, are to leave the football club, they need reinforcements. If they're playing in the Champions League, they want to win trophies. They'll definitely need reinforcements for the new season. Um, and, and I think the likes of Harry Kane and Deli Ali will want to see these reinforcements. They want to see quality mm. players come into the football club because it's getting to that point now with, with those two that I've just mentioned, Kane and Ali, that... They'll want to see progress. They'll want to see the team close to winning trophies, if not winning trophies, or they'll be off as well. I think this season has been a bit of a flat track right across the board. There hasn't been that many teams that have shown a great deal of fight for their lives, maybe towards the end of the season, but across the campaign. You know, West Brom have been dead for a long time. Stoke have been dead for a long time. Some of the teams that have survived, like West Ham and Huddersfield, haven't shown a great deal uh, across the campaign to stay up. Spurs are flat-track bullies. That is so often what is thrown at them. When they come up against a team that have been scrapping for their lives, thinking about Brighton, thinking about West Brom, they've been found wanting. When they come up against the teams of real quality, more often than not, they've been found wanting this season. Um, Has Maurizio Pochettino taken them as far as he possibly can? Will his future be called into question? I think he'll lead them into the new stadium. But I think next season is huge in so many aspects for that football club. Obviously, the stadium move, but the signings, the ins and outs. Can they go and win a trophy? How are they going to settle into their new stadium? It's, it's a huge season for the football club, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. They take on Leicester City this weekend uh, at Wembley Stadium in their final game of the season. Leicester picked up uh, a good win against uh, struggling and very poor Arsenal uh, in midweek. They find themselves on 47 points. They could get above Everton on the final day of the season if uh, the Everton result goes their way. And, of course, they win as well. Mm. But it looks like being Claude Perrault's last game in charge. And I just, you know, I, I can't help but feel a little bit annoyed with Leicester fans. Because I know it hasn't been that entertaining. You know, there has been moments under Puel where they looked a bit uninspired. But look, he's got a team that are often mutinous and they have forced cut the managers out with the way they've behaved. And that's pretty obvious and watching it from the outside. Um, and, and they seem to be turning on Claude Puel, who's come in and, 
you know, he's not as charismatic as you would like, and he only makes sense in black and white smoking a cigarette. Apart from that, it is weird to watch talk. He shouldn't exist in 2018's razzmatazz world of football. But he's done all right, hasn't he? He's done a good job, hasn't he? Deserved a summer, at least, to try and build that team and and change the way they play. I think so. And, and, you know, you look at them now, they're in the top half, as you just said. And I think there's a lot of, with fans, there's there's a lot of uh, football snobbery, shall we say, that's going on Mm. right now. And and the way they want their team to play and what they want them to do. And it can be the downfall of some teams. You know, you look at Burnley and what they're doing. They play football on occasions, but they're dogged, they're determined, they're organised, they're disciplined, they're defensive. It works for them. The yeah. Burnley fans accept it as well. Leicester fans, for some reason, don't, don't expect it, uh, accept it. Stoke fans definitely didn't accept it towards the time there with Pulis. And I can see where they were coming from in some aspects of the club. They want to evolve, etc., etc. Mm. But you know, it's, it's a fine line in this league. If you get it wrong, and Pure Pure would would not get it wrong in my opinion next season. They won't be anywhere near the relegation trouble. Put it that way. Um, they take a gamble on someone else, it can go terribly wrong. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I've got to ask you briefly about your uh, two former teams we've not mentioned yet on the programme. Let's go to West Ham first on them. Um, scraped over the line again, thanks to the, their quality players in, in and out of it. And Lanzini, I thought, were great against Leicester. Yeah. Great goal from Mark Noble as well, who, who still that got it. an unbelievable it. goal. Oh, stunning. Did you ever see him score one like that, <laughs> even in training? <laughs> no. I've got to be honest. Amazing. Incredible was, yeah. goal. But, I mean, again, it's similar to a lot of teams. It will be about uh, David Moyes, the manager, and what they're going to do next. Moyes has said, as he has always said, to be fair, I don't want to talk about this until the end of the season. I wonder whether he might think this is a bit of a basket case, this place. He's been moaning about leaks from the club. and mm. I mean, it leaks like a sifter place. Yeah, There's so many stories. It's incredible. It incredible. And he's moaned about that. That'll get to Sullivan. Have the fans. Do they want to see David Moyes in charge? <laughs> But, I mean, if you step back from it, I mean, you look at some, what he's had this year, Evra and Zabaleta, do, yeah, exactly. you know, he might, he might have been very negative, but, you know, they said, keep us up, mate. Are we going to give you no money? And he has. Exactly. He's done the job that he was brought in to do. The only thing that worries me is that performance against... Um, it's Stoke at home? No, Manchester City. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know Manchester City were always going to beat West Ham on that day, but that team selection, for me, was all wrong. Mm. He put that Patrick's ever in there. For me... Been a fantastic player for Manchester United, French international, won multiple titles. He's not a Premier League player anymore. It's mm. as simple as that. He played him left-sided centre-half where Creswell's been playing brilliantly all season. Mm. Moved Creswell to left-back. Masayaku played at the weekend against um, against Leicester and was brilliant. He mm. just went too defensive and the team never had a go. And I just looked at that performance and I thought, well, this is worrying. This isn't the West Ham team that I'd like to go and watch. Just have a go at Manchester City. You're not yeah. going to beat them by sitting off. They're going to they're going to create chances. They're going to score eventually. Just have a go at them. And I didn't see that. Obviously, the result against uh, Leicester was a decent one. And he and he has been brought in to keep the team up, and he's done it. The recruitment's been poor yet again from the owners and whoever else decides on the players mm. and he didn't have much to work with no. so he's done an okay job would you keep him? I wouldn't personally you no. would not keep I, him? I don't think I would do you think West Ham could do better though? No, that's a that's good the point. question that's, that is yeah because uh, as much as I wouldn't want to see David Moyes as West Ham manager for the way he plays no, I look I, around and I think yeah. who are they going to get? I say who would that, work for yeah. Sullivan? I say that with indecision I'm mm. not completely against him staying but there is such a disconnection at the minute between the fans and the board that relationship needs to be sorted as well. Yeah. That's a key relate, and I don't know if it ever well, can the, be sorted. The only way they could sort it is spend the money they once promised. Well, yeah, or, or spend the money, yeah. Spend exactly. the money that they promised when they moved promises, to a new stadium. Yeah, yeah. We're going to move to a new stadium and compete. Here's Patrice Evra. These two things don't, Jordan Hugo. They don't collate. Exactly. Who? 
Uh, I saw Tony Gowers on TV the other day, and he said, all West Ham have got to do is appoint a manager, appoint a recruitment team, provide a war chest, sort the style of play, and solve the PR and stadium issues. Not much then. Um, <laughs> got to ask you about Stoke City as well, uh, your most recent Premier League club. Uh, it has been a, a debacle for them, and they may well go down bottom of the league as well. And I was just going through some of the transfer business they'd done. Uh, and, and we've heard from, from Charlie Adam and, uh, and Jack Butland this week, and I was just thinking, maybe it's not the time for these guys to be saying anything at the moment. You know, Charlie Adam criticising players around him. Guys, freestone overweight. Like, I'm not too sure that he should be saying things uh, at all at the moment, to be fair. Um, but, you know, that some of the business done, you've got Kevin Vimmer, 18 mil, playing yeah, that, for the under-23s, Berahino. Yeah. Uh, you know, Afalai's been cast out. Yeah. Bojan, what happened to him? They, they let him go. I mean... The business is appalling. Uh, Peter Coates said they should have sacked Mark Hughes earlier. I mean, I know it's a lot to to deal with here, but just a reaction to what has happened to Stoke and where they go from here. Well, Mark Hughes come in and done a very good job initially. I had my first, my last year, his first year at the club, and his training was good, and I can see why he's got a reaction out of Southampton. But you've only got to look at Mark Hughes' time when he was at Blackburn and definitely when he was at QPR. When he's got money to spend, he doesn't spend it well. So I think it's a cut. he did it at QPR. He nearly folded the club some of the some of the signings that he made the singer who was right there singer yeah I remember that one I was thinking wow but so who was I the keeper they had um, the oh, Brazilian Julio fella Cesar. oh Julio Cesar yeah. came in oh the money they were spending <laughs> but Cherno Samba didn't he come in wages. for like oh goodness it, it me was, it was scary stuff Christopher Samba sorry yeah. Cherno Samba was great on championship manager <laughs> 2001 <laughs> yeah so it's just I think it's a combination between Mark Hughes Mark Cartwright who's the, who's the uh, recruitment Chief mm. and Tony Scholes, the chief executive. All those three pick the players and go over it, and they've made the mistakes, and they should be accountable for what's happened at that football club. Because I called it at the start of the season, I looked at their recruitment, and I thought, don't look good to me. They're buying the wrong type of characters. Mm. Again, we talk about Huddersfield on Wednesday night, their characters and their team, they all want to work for each other. There's not many players in that Stoke team that want to work for each other, mm. and therein lies the problem. They, they've just bought really, really poorly. and that team that I saw last weekend against um, Crystal Palace, that team will not get out of the championship. Mm. Never in a million years, in my opinion. So they've got a big rebuild to do there. Yeah, it was funny. Watching the Huddersfield game midweek, I was thinking about when uh, Paul Lambert took off Peter Crouch and, yeah. and David Wagner said, no, Departure, you're staying on, mate. And he was exactly. he was blowing big time. Yeah. And he basically said, no, you're staying on because you go off. We ain't got no one else here. Yeah. Uh, and that's what Paul Lambert didn't do. And really briefly, I'm sure Stoke fans will want your view on this, Paul Lambert. Um talk that he might stay on in the championship has he done anything to deserve that job I think Paul Lambert speaks very well and honestly um, more honestly than not after games he's, a, he's, a, he's good in his interviews and I'm engaged when, when he speaks but one win in 13 isn't good enough that, no. that's the bottom line he inherited a bad squad and some bad eggs in that squad but uh, you're judged on your results as a manager and for me I watched that team last Saturday and there's no identity there. I couldn't tell you what they were trying to do, mm. whether they're trying to play long balls or just press high as a team or drop off. It was it was all over the place. So for me, no, as I said, I think everything needs stripping back and the whole club needs an overhaul. Mm. Matty Evington, uh, tough words there for Stoke City. Thank you very much indeed for your time on the preview show and this season as well. See you in a couple of yes. months, all right? Yes, yeah, see you in a couple of months. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. Another season. Uh, of Premier League action uh, and Matty's going to be part of the team hopefully as well um, if you don't get a better job that is uh, <laughs> maybe, trying, maybe I'll get a better job who knows <laughs> uh, listen loads more to get through stay with us it's the Premier League preview show it's the Premier League preview show for the final planning for your next trip 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Weekend of the season and what a dramatic week it has been on the Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday fixtures. Now the big story is that Huddersfield Town, lowly Huddersfield Town, Uh, David Wagner said it was impossible that they would stay in the Premier League this season. Well, they have made that a reality with draws away at Man City and away at Chelsea. Now, during the game, we were doing the commentary of it here, and a lot of people were getting in touch. Maybe they hadn't seen it all season. They were telling us just how much they hated the Huddersfield Town kit, uh, which has got that kind of WAV file going across it. Um, A lot of people, I thought it was like meant to be sort of an earthquake file. Uh, that was the celebration. Someone told me this in a pub, so I've been saying this all season. Turns out it was nonsense, our listeners. It's actually based on a kit that Huddersfield wore in 91 to 93 when a young buccaneering Welsh striker was playing up front for the Terriers. And would you believe it, we've located him live on the M4 right now in the UK. It's you and Robert. How are you, mate? How are you, Tom? I've scored a few goals in that kit. We saw a lovely picture of you <laughs> celebrating in that kit. Um... Son's teeth. It was lovely. It was a, it was a great I know, image. I, know. I mean, it was uh, it was quite outrageous in in the early nineties. I don't think it's as outrageous this day and age. I mean, the colours are exactly the same. The black and white sort of boots, and as you say, with the earthquakey line. Um, but no, I I, I really like the kit. You've still really got it, haven't you? You still wear it on bank holidays, don't you? you know I know. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I've got one at home somewhere. Uh, well, it's probably worth a few quid now, mate, now we've mentioned it on this programme. Uh, listen, let's talk about Huddersfield Town, the team, shall we? Because no-one really gave him much of a chance. And I do want to caveat that, that people keep talking about little old Huddersfield. They were 10th biggest spenders in the summer transfer window, spent another 12 mil on Pritchard in January. So they have spent money and more than other established teams in the Premier League as well. However... 18 months ago, they were favourites for relegation of the Championship, and now they're going to have a second season in the Premier League. Qualify this achievement for me, Ewan. It's produced a miracle, to be fair. And, you know, all credit to the players. They've, they've carried on believing top. Um, as you say, even before the ball was kicked, you know, the minute they beat Reading in the playoff final uh, last, last May, they were, they were favourites to come straight back down. But they've had a determination, they've, they've had a belief, they've had a spirit within the football club, which includes those fantastic fans they've got at the John Smith Stadium. Um, and look at their, their running, and you're thinking, oh, that's going to be a tough one. They're going to need 36, 37 points before they, they play those final three or final four games 
But then they go to Leicester, they get a really big win there, Tom. And those two away draws at Man City last Sunday and, and Chelsea last night, fantastic results for, for, for the club. You know, Man, Man City, the best team by a country mile. Chelsea still has loads to play for. They were still fine for the top top four finish to, to finish in that Champions League position. And, and it wasn't to be. And luckily for Huddersfield now, it doesn't have to go to the final game of the season. Yeah, you mentioned there their character and their belief, and I, I really do think that is what has kept them up. Because if you look at the, the teams beneath them in the table, Southampton, Swansea, West Brom and Stoke, with the possible exception of Swansea, you'd say they've got by far a, an inferior squad to all of those teams in terms of individuals and collectively. But what they have that the other teams beneath them do not have is that drive, that togetherness, that team spirit, a manager who clearly has got the respect and confidence and trust of his players, and it's just worked for them. And they, it's a victory for character, really, over talent here. I think it is. You know, they, they did break their transfer record four or five times in, 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 in the summer. Um, I think it goes, it goes a long way in, in showing people what determination, hard work, being physically... 100% at your maximum fitness-wise and, and a belief in what you manage just trying to achieve. And, and let's not forget, when, they, when they've played at home, they've been backed by an absolutely magnificent bunch of supporters who have never given up. They've never got frustrated, even though when there were times in the season when things weren't going their way, when they were losing three, four, five games on, on the trot, they, they've stuck with them and they've got the rewards. They've got another, another season of the Premier League. I think it's going to be interesting what happens to David Wagner from this point. Uh, there was a great moment in the game midweek, and I was thinking in my mind back to Stoke City against Crystal Palace when Paul Lambert took off Peter Crouch with 20 minutes to go, and Stoke completely uh, capitulated from that point because the game plan was built around Peter Crouch. Laurent de Poitras is nowhere near fit enough to play 90 minutes in the Premier League away at Chelsea, but David Wagner kept him on because he knew that he needed to get every last drop out of the big striker to get them over the line. And he's the man who clears away after that great Lursel save later on. Uh, and that goes to what the players will do for David Varga. And it, and it means that he understands what his players are willing to do for him. And I just wonder whether there'll be clubs coming in for him during the summer, whether there'll be a big move for him. Leicester uh, have been linked with a, a move for David Wagner. What do you make of him as a manager? And what do you mean, uh, make of his, his future in English football and football? I wouldn't be surprised if if a bigger club who have finished higher in the Premier League, or even you know a, a, a very very big German club, you know he is German, he is German after all, comes in after the the, the the work that he's done in a short space of time at Huddersfield Town. You know they were they were famous to go down. He came in at an awkward time. He kept them in the Championship, um, finished fifth or sixth from bottom, then he built. He brought in players that he's worked with in the past from Germany. Um, and, and last year, from nowhere, you know, they, they, they were promotion to, to the Premier League. Uh, he's obviously learned from one of the best in, in the early club. Um, they play a similar pressing game. But yeah, I think after what he's achieved and, and the success that Huddersfield have had this season by staying in the Premier League, and, and at times the way they've gone about their, their football, I think you'd be a man in demand. Yeah, uh, it's a great story as well. They uh, were going to fly back to Yorkshire after the game. 
didn't do so uh, because the players asked to go out for a few beers. Wagner says have way more than one. They go out clubbing in London. They had a coach driver waiting for them, but he was waiting there for too long, so he had to go home. So they're actually on a coach back on the Thursday, a separate coach from what is booked. And check out uh, Matthias Jorgensen or Zanka. Check out his Instagram page. whole bunch of videos of them out in a club in London. There's videos of Alex Pritchard. He's on the coach and he still looks absolutely slammed from the night before. Uh, it's fantastic. It's proper the day after the stag do. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, and congratulations to Huddersfield. They are Respect up. Respect what, an 8-0 Arsenal victory? Then, uh, well, maybe not, the way Arsenal are playing this season. Uh, <laughs> former Huddersfield, Watford striker, um, Ewan Roberts with us. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we speak to him again next season. Uh, lots more for me and Dave to get through. Stay with us. It is the Premier League preview show for the final weekend of the season. You're going to miss me during the summer, Dave. You're, of course, going to be working on the World Cup. I'll be doing my show. We might not see each other uh, while you're out in Russia gallivanting, not buying me stuff. I'm going to find you a hat, though. You I? better find me a hat, man. Yeah. I mean, that or, you know, get me some work. <laughs> I'll get you a hat. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, much more like it. Uh, listen, we've still got one weekend in the Premier League uh, left to go. Uh, our feature game internationally is going to be Liverpool against Brighton. Now, uh, maybe not the story that many of us would have wanted on the final day. Um, the race for fourth, which isn't really that much of a race. Uh, if Liverpool get a point in their game at home against Brighton, they will pip Chelsea. If Brighton pull off a, a result at Anfield, Chelsea, they win and they will go above. So there, there is a narrative there, uh, though Chelsea kind of blew it against Huddersfield in midweek. Unless Chelsea win 15 nil. Uh, yeah, I know you think these things are realistic, Dave. I know, but I mean, City, maybe. Chelsea, probably not. Uh, but for well, Liverpool, do you, do you think they might now start thinking a bit more Champions League? They've got a bit of stick this week over that Mohamed Salah dive, haven't they? And Jurgen Klopp saying, yeah, it was a dive. And it's not yeah. something I want to see. Well, look, Liverpool certainly have, in the last few seasons, had it in them to lose at home to a team like Brighton. But they've been a bit better this season at, at winning those games when they needed to. However, they have dropped points in the last few weeks. You yeah. know, that goal against West Brom in the last minute, a few others, they should have done better at. Um, and it means that it's not done yet. And the nightmare scenario for Liverpool is that if they take their eye off the ball here and somehow manage to lose to Brighton and throw away fourth spot, and then they lose to Real Madrid, all of a sudden, you've gone from a glorious season into one that ultimately will be remembered for failure. Yeah, well, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I do think Liverpool... Will beat Brighton on Sunday. Yep. At least draw. If they have got their eye on the Champions League, they at least should have enough to get a draw. And then there you go. They're in the top four and they go march off to Kiev to take on Real Madrid. Uh, and just briefly on Brighton, uh, been very impressed with them at, at stages this season. Yeah, but the, the player superb. I've loved uh, is Pascal Gross. Uh, just a superb, superb footballer. 26 years of age. Um, one of the top assist makers. I think he was fifth in the league this season behind, you know, the likes of Kevin De Bruyne and, and, uh, and Lee Rosano. Incredible. Defin- definitely one of the signings of the season. Unheralded, as were much of Brighton's transfer business, really. Um, and I would say he's a player that other clubs will be looking at yeah. in the summer. They'll do well to keep hold of him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but a tremendous job done by, by Chris Hewton. Uh, uh, long safe. Yeah, at, at, there were a few times in the season had some wobbles. where they had a few wobbles. They were struggling for goals at times and... The home form, which was strong early on, sort of evaporated a little bit mid-season, but they finished really strongly. And I am really pleased, as, as so many people have said, for Chris Hewton. Yeah, top guy. He's been in here a few times before, got criticised for being a bit negative, and they haven't been that, that oh, negative. Oh, no, they've gone they? for it. They've Every played home some really game, good certainly. football, they've really, really gone, gone for it. it. And now look at him. 
safe, looking at another season in the Premier League, a real opportunity for them to build and grow. Good as well looking at Huddersfield, Brighton and Newcastle all staying up, all sticking with their managers as well because, you know, newly promoted teams can panic, they can struggle and it yeah. hasn't been the case this year. Definitely. Uh, fantastic for them. Listen, we mentioned uh, Huddersfield against Arsenal. We didn't talk about it from the Arsenal perspective. Uh, another shocker of a result and performance uh, against Brighton, uh, against uh, Leicester, sorry, in midweek. Uh, Mavropanos yeah. sent off. First time Leicester have beaten Arsenal uh, under Arsene Wenger in the Premier League era. It's amazing. In 22 it's, years, uh, that record. It's all got lost, doesn't it? Because Arsene Wenger's going and basically none of this matters. But, I mean, this has been an absolutely dire second half of the season really for bad, Arsenal yeah. away from home yet to get a single point away from home is it right I'm saying they're the only team not just in the Premier League the in Football League four English professional divisions they're the only team not to get a single point I mean, away got, from home I mean they've got I'm sorry they've got a Bamiyong up front if that ain't worth a point I don't know what is it's amazing isn't it it is amazing they've lost 11 away Premier League games this season which is a joint high for them Level with 1994-1995, which was mm. a few years before Wenger came in. They last lost 12 on the road in a top-flight campaign back in 1984-1985. A few months before I was born, wow. Tom. That's amazing. I wasn't born either, mate. We're the same sort of age. <laughs> I think I'm older than you, actually. Yeah, you are actually older than me. You, you just look it. younger. You wouldn't know you it. You just look younger and more virile <laughs> than me. But I've lived it, all right? I don't sleep much. Uh, mind you, neither do you. Why do you look so good? It's really annoying. Uh, but yeah, look, the Arsenal thing, I was seeing their shortlist cut down to five. It'll be a big story during the summer. Vieira's on it, Arteta's on it. Uh, those are the kind of managers I think they're probably more likely to be looking at because why would Massimiliano Allegri want to play in the Europa League? You know what I mean? I don't know. He's got things on first. Uh, I think if the offer's right, they can attract someone of his calibre. They want Jose Enrique wants fifteen million pounds a year. They're going to spend that, aren't they? Uh, could be dark times ahead for Arsenal. Big, big summer. Maybe the most important summer for twenty-five odd years. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Southampton, Man City. Um, I'm not enjoying the Man City. Uh, procession. I didn't like the whole congratulations, yah yah, testimonial feel of the game against Brighton in midweek. Uh, football's got to be competitive or cancel the game. It, it kind of annoys me a little bit. Um, but they got Southampton this weekend, and, and if they do, you put them call to the, the whole sword, thing off then on Sunday. Uh, I would just if, it, if I were Man City, all this like get hundred points. I think it embarrasses the league, it embarrasses all of us, it embarrasses the industry. I, I don't like to watch it. People are reveling in it. I understand why City fans are. But it's when outsiders go, this is just football we've never seen before. Well, it's been, it's been brilliant. It has been brilliant, but now it's embarrassing. Them. Cancel it. Um, but this is a bigger game for Southampton, isn't it? No, don't lose the game. It's important. Well, they can't afford, as we spoke about at the top of the show, they cannot afford to get hammered. Do you reckon they got hammered after the Swansea game? Because they were celebrating like they were up. Yeah, well, at, at the Liberty Stadium, the, the press room is right next to the away dressing room. Right. And all the journalists were in there waiting for the manager's press conferences, and they were waiting for a bit longer than normal for, for Mark Hughes and some of the Southampton players to come out because they could hear them mm. going absolutely mad. They massively over-celebrated, I thought. I, I was watching them celebrate, and I'm thinking, well, didn't this squad that probably is the eighth or seventh best in the league stumble over the line because Swansea can't score a goal? I'm sorry, this is a bit much for me. And also, Mark Hughes, you know, a contributory factor, a significant one, a Stoke going down. I thought he might have shown a bit more contriteness, maybe, yeah. than to celebrate like I they think, just achieved something. No, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think in the moment... Left a bad taste for me. It's just such a release. And the pressure... The fans? The pressure yeah, is go so, for it. The pressure is so great on those players that once they've achieved that goal in the circumstances that you know yeah. they're going to celebrate but I, I completely know what you mean that you know you shouldn't really be celebrating like you've won a cup final mm-hmm. or won promotion when basically you've 
you've scraped safety yeah. in the slimmest way possible. Uh, but it is still one, but it would take a nine-goal swing. A couple of five-nil results uh, it seems fairly unlikely. What about, what about Mark known. Hughes? Is he staying? Uh, looks like they want, they want him to stay. Um, I just wonder whether they'll be able to do any better. Uh, and it's a similar thing when we get to West Ham in a little while, whether they'd be able to do any better, yeah. whether you could trust these people who have appointed poor managers in recent times to do better. Uh, and, um, you know, maybe he has earned his opportunity. And it is always good to have a player, uh, a manager, sorry, who has played for that club and has got a personal history with that club. And I think that has galvanised Southampton a little bit. Uh, and we spoke to Franny Benali last week talking about Mark Hughes being part of the great escape te- team of 99. Um, there, there's a nice thing there. And yeah. I think Mark Hughes... Um, He's not an awful manager, but, but he certainly isn't the absolute top of the top of the pile. But Southampton aren't. Anyway, let's move on. Talk about Burnley against Bournemouth. Uh, these are some of the other kind of other business games yeah. uh, taking place this weekend. Uh, tremendous season for Burnley, no doubt about that. Uh, we talk about big summer coming up for Arsenal. Big summer for Burnley too. I wonder if they'll be able to find the money to back Sean Dyche to continue to improve or to stay where they are, or whether Sean Dyche might start to feel, what else can I do now? I've just done the peak Burnley season. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he gets any offers in the summer and if he were to be tempted by them. It's almost like the meeting of the, the nearly men, isn't it, with, with Dyche and Howe? The next big things in the Premier League that don't seem to be getting the offers. Well, they are the two outstanding English managers at the moment. And we've got a World Cup coming up. If there were to be a spectacular failure on We're going to give Arsenal that job, aren't we? Gareth Southgate. When old Cardigan Southgate should, gets I don't sacked. think this will be the case, but should his position become untenable say we got absolutely hammered in all three games and they had no option but to relieve him of his duties, Howe and Dyche would certainly be at the top of the queue. I think so. From an English manager's point of view. Them two and Alan Kerbishley in the list, as always. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's move on. Manchester United against Watford. Um, Your boys, Watford, of course, uh, long since safe. Good win last week against Newcastle. Just about. Bit nervy in the end. over the line, playing... you know, two banks of five at the end. We but, always yeah. mention this about Watford, but the, the, the talent is there, but there's a reason those sorts of players are at Watford. Now, I say this to you every week, and I've been saying this for the last few weeks. Uh, Roberto Pereira is such a, a fantastic, fantastic yeah. footballer. And again, I think he proved it last week. You can get 30 games out of him, get Delefeu in, maybe get a centre-forward. Yeah, no, for, for Watford, it's very simple what needs to happen in the summer. They need to retain as much of the midfield as possible. They need to sign Delefeu. I think Decore's probably going to go. He pretty yeah. much said goodbye to the fans last week. Is he that got, right? He got player of the season before the before the match. He did a bit of a speech, looked like he was off. If someone above wants him, though, I mean... Well, we'll see. I think yeah. there'll be offers, maybe from maybe even from abroad. Um, but the midfield is good. Chalabar will be back. Cleverly will be fit. Pereira, hopefully, will be fit. Capu has done well in the second half of the season. Delefeu, very talented player. Mm. Richarlison... Can't shoot, but great skills. No, but, you know, full season in English football. If he stays, gets his head down, yeah. improves, great. Four or five players away, basically. Defence needs work. Yeah. I'd be going after Alfie Mawson if I was Watford. Yeah, I think, I think a lot good, of people might be ball in play centre-back. Maybe we maybe wouldn't be at the front of the queue. And also get a good striker. Sort the defence out. Get someone who can score goals. Bob's your uncle. You're done. Sorted. New Burnley. Do you think our American listeners will know the phrase Bob's your uncle? Bob's your uncle? No, I did say to someone from America this week, ship shape in Bristol fashion. They had no idea. <laughs> no. Um, look it up, guys. Look it up. It's worthwhile. Uh, Jose Mourinho says, man, you've got to improve mentally. And he says there's players in his squad he just don't love. Uh, they're the opponents mm. for Watford this weekend. I don't want to go down a Mourinho rabbit hole, but they are going to spend a lot of money this year. They seem they're going to back him, but um, they've not really had... The Mourinho magic about them, have they? They've, no. they've had the certainly the, the miserable be- aspects. There's 20 points behind their, their City rivals. They haven't, I just feel like they no haven't. No how much you dress up this season. Yeah, nowhere near. It, it's been good from the point of view that they finished second. They may mm. well win the FA Cup 
in just over a week's time. But the things that this season will be remembered for, really, are the failure of Paul Pogba to consistently hit the high notes that we thought he would do this season mm. from, from the start that he gave us. And also that defeat, that exit against Sevilla in the Champions League in the mm. manner of it. Those are the things that really will stick out in your mind, perhaps, for the, for the general A lot of Mourinho public. apologists, though. A lot of people keep saying it's, it's better points tally, it's their best yeah, post yeah, yeah. Ferguson you season. They will way. say that. You can spin it that way. And I, and I suppose look, the bottom line is Man City have just been too good for everyone. Yeah. So that, that, that they... They pale in the in the shadow of Man City. They just City. haven't had that Mourinho field term. That I haven't felt like they've been scrapping for yeah, points. But, I don't think, I but don't, maybe they couldn't I because, as think, you say, they were nowhere near. Yeah, I don't think any team of Mourinho's has had that for a yeah, good yeah. few years now. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, a couple of other quick games I wanted to mention. Crystal Palace. The only other thing I'd mention as, yeah, we, as we begin to wrap up for all these teams in the middle is actually from West Ham in 15th up to Newcastle in 10th mm. only separated by three points and that's a hell of a lot of money when you look at the, the money you get per Premier League yeah, position it's about two and a half mil isn't it yeah so if results go a certain way you could have what two, no, one, two, you know several million pounds yeah absolutely uh, money that can be you wasted do, you do the maths uh, you did the maths yeah maybe, maybe we'll get but someone still, else it's really it. important it can be, that's the difference between being able to offer a player the salary he wants and not yeah um, what about Crystal Palace uh, will they offer Roy Hodgson the salary he wants to stay on I and think so. what he says is the war chest to stay on number one I mean it's not too dissimilar to, to what you were saying about, about Watford number one uh, give Zahar whatever he wants to stay yep. and then have enough money okay. left over to improve other aspects if they don't do that, then why would Roy Hudson at 70 years age commit to... I know he's got one more year left, yeah. but commit to longer than that. I don't see where he's... He's not going to go anywhere, is he? No one's going to offer him a job, I don't think. You don't think? I don't think so. People like Roy Hudson get jobs. Oh, they do, but... I mean, where where's he going to go? I think he's probably quite settled and happy at Crystal Palace and mm-hmm. probably wants to... Croydon boys, he's told us many I, times. I, I, yeah, and it, it, this, season was, this season was all about recovering from that appalling start. Yeah. And, and keep making, yes. making them safe, which he has done. But without Zahar, they would not have stayed up. No, but uh, same for any team. Without their good players, you, you, you'd be worse. But Yeah, but without your good players is one thing. Without the only player worth a damn is quite another thing. And without him, they've lost every single game well, they're they've gonna, played. Well, they're going to have to... Yeah, their resolve will be tested in the summer for sure. I mean, if I was, I mean, if I'm Zahara, I would probably wouldn't lead the club unless a proper Champions League team that were going to play me, and that's the significant part of this. Am I going to play? Should be question number one. Yeah. And if the answer is you're going to be part of a squad, then I'll say, well, I've done that. I'll probably just stay here yeah. because they're going to build a club around him. He's done the whole Man United thing, didn't quite work out. Yeah, but, but they've also got to find a way to pay him. I don't think there is a Champions League club that will be able to build the club around him. No, no, not build a club around him. Certainly, that's the, what Palace would do. But at the very least, if you go back to Man U, for example, it's Spurs. play. As long as he play, that's the thing. It's play, I think, for, for Wolfrid's heart. I'd be looking at it if I was Spurs. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Potts would be a good manager for him. Yeah. He should start most, most He'd games. love to hold up that London Cup, wouldn't he? Best team in London for the first time in his career. The Golden Oyster card. be fantastic. Uh, West Brom this weekend. Such a shame. They never sacked old pards a few weeks earlier. We spoke about it earlier on. going to be interesting to see what happens to Darren Moore in the next couple of weeks. Uh, one other game we not mentioned, that is West Ham against Everton. Allardyce against Moyes, but the other way round yeah. uh, to what it maybe should be. Uh, firstly, David Moyes said this week that he got offers from other Premier League teams, which is obviously Stoke. Uh, it can only be Stoke, the, the time frame, what he was talking about. And he turned it down to stay. Um, it's fascinating what's going to happen at West Ham in the next few weeks. They certainly won't give the manager the money. Stoke tried to get David Moyes mid-season. That's the way I'm reading what he said, yeah. He said that he was approached by a Premier League club this year. The way I can see the timings working out... While he's at West Ham this year, November. The way I can see it working out, when that approach would have been, when the move was made, 
That's how I have surmised it is. But, you know, I'm not Miss Marple. I'm just as old as her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he said that. I wonder whether he wants to stay or whether, whether they want to keep him. I thought it was very interesting. He, he bemoaned before the Leicester game, the leaks well, from the club as well. As we record this, West Ham are going to play Manchester United on yes. Thursday evening in the, in the last game before the final weekend of the season. And I suppose the flashpoint is that it's two years to the day since the last game at Upton Park yep. against Manchester United when you were fighting in that season to still potentially get into Europe. You know, the issue with that Champions is, though, League. I mean, as, as much as I have criticised Moyes, and I'm not a big fan of, of, of a great deal that he does, um, I would certainly say, and I've said this a lot, to be fair, and I've tried to balance out my, obviously, very partisan views, uh, that they gave him Pablo Zebaleta and Patrice Evra and Joe Hart and um, no striker, really. Hernandez, he hates. Uh, he hasn't been able to have any sort of team that resembles who he would have liked. Yeah. And he has said to him, look, I'm get, I, I want to be in charge of a team that uh, go towards the top eight. For that, West Ham need to buy maybe six first-team players. Apart from maybe Anatovic, uh Lanzini, uh, Ogbonna. Who else really would you yeah, desperately yeah, yeah. want to keep? I can see why Nobis might stick around. Antonio. Certainly he's your third, fourth choice. He's always injured. I'd let him go. Okay. Uh, wasted my time. Um, but th- there's a lot of things that need changing there. Uh, well. And a lot of the team that played in that game you mentioned two years ago, they're still there now, apart from Dimitri Pai and Diafrasako were the two best players in the day. So you lost those players, you replaced them with nobody. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. And it's similar with Everton as well, who we should mention, might be losing Wayne Rooney. Uh, DC United apparently coming in w- with a big offer yeah. for him. Worst team in their conference out in MLS, but it is an eight-hour flight back because it works out. So maybe that's a significant reason Maybe, to it. but it, it, you do look at it and think... that's a on the surface, it's slightly strange. It's not the club. Rooney could sh- surely have the pick of the MLS clubs. Mm. Not sure he could. Well, well I think... The I mean, lower end. I'm not sure he'd get a game for some of the teams that have got better players. Not maybe sure he'd not, get a game for if you Galaxy were, yeah, or, if you were Wayne Rooney, or though, Red Bulls or New York looking, City. You'd be looking at those clubs. Those are the ones you would really want to join. He ain't going to get them. What's, I think, I think, what's going on in DC? Um, I think you'll find that uh, Donald Trump is draining the swamp. That's what's happening. <laughs> exactly. And he's going to invite Rooney he's over. He's going to get Rooney in. He might actually be Secretary of Defence within the month. <laughs> That's why he's doing it. You don't need to be an American national to get that job. I don't know. Maybe Colleen will be Decorator of the Interior. I don't know. Is that the role? <laughs> I'd go on it. Secretary of the Interior. That wasn't even a joke. Uh, I just got it wrong. Uh, but they're all waiting maybe for Big Sam, whether he's going to have a future there or not. I don't know. Uh, but we will see in in the coming weeks and months. That's it. That's our last preview show for a few weeks, Dave. Uh, yeah. Reflections on the season. How's it been for you? It's been all right. Been all right. Not uh, a vintage one, I think. It's, been, it's fair to no, say. Well, it's been. I think it's been great, actually. I think, as you just, just said earlier, on, works for now. No, as you said <laughs> earlier on, you, you know, you, you're not necessarily happy. I'm the outlier, the Man, mate. The I say what I want. Prese- uh, procession, but I, I've really enjoyed watching Man City this yeah. season, and I, I've, I've really look forward to next season and seeing what can those other teams in the top six do to try and close that gap. Yeah, that is going to be the big narrative. A lot of money will be spent. I'd love to see, I think for me, I think that's a great uh, angle on it. Uh, and the top six, uh, the top five, uh, maybe four, could we put Arsenal in it? I don't know. Uh, I've got to spend some serious money to get out there with City. But for me, I think the big story this summer is going to be the likes of Everton, the likes of Leicester, uh, the likes of West Ham, Crystal Palace, Watford. Uh, the kind of teams that have been around Southampton, been around for a few years and have had... A season of varying degrees of success. Burnley overperforming, Watford probably doing what you'd expect, West Ham and Southampton underperforming. Those teams are all going to need to spend 50 to 100 million. Those that spend 20 million and want to make money are going to struggle again. They could do a Swansea, who were around the plug hole for years before they went. 
if Southampton end up spending 100, 150 mil and do it well, uh, they could very much be up there where Everton have been, Leicester have been, and, and certainly have a good season. That's going to be interesting because we need those teams to do better against the better teams for us to have a more competitive league. You can't have in a team getting 100 points next year to win the league. Not acceptable. Not a Premier League thing. That's not how this league became the best in the world, my friend. Um, have a good World Cup. Bring me back a hat. Uh, I'll be married the next time you see me. You looking forward to that? Do you think it will change me? I hope so. <laughs> hope he'll mellow you out a little bit. <laughs> That's it. We're done. We'll see you next season. Have a great summer. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.